people deluded i'm back again thank you very much for tuning back into another edition of the deluded podcast the dg podcast the really and truly podcast i hope you're all doing well and safe on this tuesday morning once again i say tuesday morning i'm well aware that i have supporters viewers and just you know supporters of my content from all different walks of life and different nations so i say good morning good afternoon good evening good night whoever you are, wherever you are. And like I said, welcome back to another edition of the DG Podcast. It's a fantastic Tuesday morning. I know my team Arsenal lost on Sunday. I know we've got a cup final on Thursday in the Europa League. Um... You know, I know if you're a Liverpool fan, Spurs fan, you're, you know, Chelsea to a, degree, to a degree, you're not really happy about the results. You know, United, everything's working out fine. City, everything's working out fine. You know, it all depends on how you look at things, people. So let me try something different and quickly run over the, the results of the of the game week before we get over. Now, obviously, yesterday on Monday, the reason why we delayed this podcast coming out until today is because you saw Brighton play against Crystal Palace, two teams who don't like each other. Well, like I said, we'll get into it in depth, but Crystal Palace 2, Brighton 1. West Ham defeated Spurs 2 goals to 1, as did Leicester by um, 2 goals to 1, also beat Aston Villa. So the first three games I've said, all identical scores lines um obviously Leicester West Ham and Crystal Palace are on the winning side and for Spurs Aston Villa and Brighton unfortunately negatively Manchester United won three goals to one against Newcastle United Southampton and Chelsea drew 1-1 Arsenal lost 1-0 to Man City we're going to get into it um in the Merseyside derby you had Everton defeat Liverpool two goals to nil Fulham beat Sheffield United in a, in a relegation sort of derby relegation six pointer and courtesy courtesy of Adamola Lookman 1-1-0 Fulham I mean not Fulham apologies we just spoke about Fulham Wolves defeated Leeds a goal to nil and then you obviously have, um, and then uh, again I can't imagine you weren't aware because we spoke about it on Friday but just to go over last week's results as well midweek results um, Chelsea won 2-0 against Newcastle West Ham won 3-0 against Sheffield United Burnley and Fulham drew 1-1 and City defeated Everton 3 goals to 1 you know it came on my screen I thought I'd discuss it people so like, as you saw it was a bit of a you know, it depends how you look at it. I would say to a degree, business as expected in the Premier League bar the Liverpool result. I can't say I'm shocked too much at the score lines of stuff, really and truly. But it is what it is. So let's start with Liverpool. Now, first things first, you know, runs always have to come to an end. And, you know, Everton have won their first Premier League away game against Liverpool since September 1999. That's what, what you know, that's a run of about 24 games or something like that. I think they said on Sky Sports, not too sure for the maths. All I know is it ended a run of 20 such games without victory, people. There's people that, you know, I've got cousins that were born in 1999 and that's the first thing I thought of, you know, that's from 1999 to now, you know, you still ain't won and they've gone through obviously being a child and now, you know, he, I've got a girl and a boy cousin, he and she are now, what's it, a fully grown man and a fully grown woman have gone through the whole life. And in that time, Everton have finally won. Now, every team's probably got those statistics, people. I did think the penalty in the game was a shag, but, you know, again, because of the result, because, ever, I mean, Liverpool are the Premier League champions currently, they hold the championship um, before it hand, changes hands and goes back to Man City. The focus is going to be on them, you know. I did think Trent Alexander-Arnold, it is a penalty, but I mean, 
it's a shag like it's a shag like he's not even looking he's slid already he's not even looking you know i know a lot of people are saying that's a penalty but the joe willock one not to go over newcastle united before we talk about it in depth but that one's a penalty for me that the joe willock one's more of a penalty than the trent one he's not got eyes on the ball the game's somewhat been played my man dropped over him i can't lie i think it was a ludicrous decision i'm not gonna lie i do think it was a ludicrous decision obviously things go bad to worse for liverpool for several reasons you know they're not winning games it's gonna be a woeful defense of their title they went from rubber nailed on winning the league this season because everyone else was doing poor to being one of one of only two challenges to now really top four is the biggest priority and really they've been dragged into a top four race because at least but before Arsenal lost to Man City I think if we won that game we would have been three points off now we've been woeful this season so and there's a bag of teams better than us so you know you've got the West Ham's you've got the Everton's you know United are in top are challenging for the league based on statistics people so they're in that there's a whole bag of teams trying to fight for top four top six Leicester of course as well as traditional people so it's going to be complicated I think Liverpool might have enough to do it but the way they're playing it's a bit of a madness people really we're going to focus on Liverpool in a second as this result would but you have to give credit to Everton you know I think collectively you can't pick a man of the match you know I think man to a man, every Everton player did their job. If I had to pick out some, I think Calvert-Lewin off the bench did well. Obviously, Richarlison scored and got them off to a good start early on, um, really and truly. Again, Liverpool caught cold. Again, probably centre-half showing their naivety and full-backs as well. But Richarlison got them off to a start. Calvert-Lewin did all right. I think Michael Keane had a big game, made some big tackles. I think Davis in the midfield again. Um, obviously, Michael Keane grew up through, came come up through Man United's academy. So again, he's probably got that extra sort of bit between his teeth to want to beat Liverpool and things like that. And Tom Davis is a Merseyside boy. There's few players on that football field that probably get it more than him. So I think he played well. I think Holgate played well. Man to a man, I think they played well. You know, again, I'm always I'm a heavy critic of Pickford. You know, I, I'm I'm one of the first that's ready to highlight his errors. But you have to big him up. I think he made several big saves. And nine times out of ten, he's normally the guy who chokes in games like this, people um, and whatnot, people. I, I think Sigurdsson also did well off the bench and I think he's actually the first player off the bench to score for Everton this season and I remember when he signed for Everton I know a lot of footballers say they were Everton fans or they were this fan or that fan when they signed for clubs and I thought he was wassing it but I'm sure and Everton fans will remember if any of you listening I'm sure when he signed he showed some other pictures of when he was a little kid and he had the Everton kit on and things like that so again that, that's, that's all extra bit of special and like I said Man, you know, Decore played well, you know, man to a man, every Everton player did their job and I'm not singing any, everyone's praises enough, I'm just highlighting the ones I thought caught my eye, obviously Ben Godfrey did well, you know, I'm not a big fan of Michael Keane and I haven't been but he's been putting in performances and really, you know, you it, you probably have a tough time picking, picking England's centre-halves right about now, um, really and truly, Pickford obviously, Southgate will stand behind you, Holgate, another one that gets thrown in that debate, I think he's been working very hard, maybe if he was out with all due respect to Everton, in a bigger club he might get that big club bias but you know individually they were good performers it wouldn't matter if one person played good and Liverpool Liverpool won so collectively they all played well they did their job they got the first win in 11 years you know Carlo Ancelotti's the boss you see what he's on I can't sing his praises now every week I'm sitting here saying how much of a great 
manager Carlo Ancelotti is. He's a, you know, he, he's doing his thing. James Rodriguez obviously got an assist as well before I forget. But games like this is not down for the individuals. It's for the collective. And what I saw from Everton was fight, was determination, was intent. They set it. For me personally, I didn't think Liverpool had, you know, I think Liverpool... Every time catches up with everyone, and I think they're at not. I'm not saying that this Liverpool team needs to be broken up. I'm not saying they can't challenge. I just genuinely think they're at the end of the cycle. You know, they have not reinvested. And again, you can't hide from things. I know a lot of Liverpool fans used to get at me in my comments and stuff because I said they need a striker. But for me, you're this. But for me, you're that. The man don't score enough. You know, I can't underestimate his how big of a part he played for the title and how good of a player he is. But he doesn't score enough. You need options over a 38 game period. And Liverpool were playing a betting game, and for many years they won. You know, they in terms of actual quality players, they have a 11. But if a couple people get injured, like you're seeing, there's not really quality depth. There's no real depth of the bet with all due respect you're chasing games and you're bringing on Origi you know how many times has Origi actually saved them again I'm pretty sure statistically quite a few times we will remember Barcelona but game by game 38 period he's not levels you know defense they've brought in some players Ozan Kabach a man I've been watching from Galatasaray and Stuttgart and Schalke and now Liverpool I've said he's a good defender but he's very reactive he needs he's going to learn he's a young man and he's adapting he's going to he's good in terms of defending but that sort of added push positioning being calm he needs help i think he'd be better if he had a more experienced you know van dyke behind him but you're seeing it he had a tough time against everton he's had a tough introduction to the premier league with and, and he's not coming into the best of environments but like i said i say it every week liverpool haven't invested you know they haven't you know they haven't got that striker so again thank god salah's doing it but when Mane and and Firmino aren't necessarily pulling their weight tiago for some reason i listen i've got no doubts about tiago being a premier league success i still stand behind I still think he's one of the best Premier League midfielders, if not arguably the best. I know he's not not playing of such, of course, but the ability's there. But right now, it just looks like bad recruitment because he doesn't look like a good tactical fit. He's got more fouls than than man of the match displays for them. You know, you're not really seeing anything. Of course, you can't expect. It's a bit like Pogba when these guys come, you expect them to do everything, but you are seeing a player that looks a bit limited in that Liverpool system. Um, the Liverpool, I think time's caught up with them. They haven't adapted. The owners haven't invested. The tactics are still the same. People have kind of pl- clocked how to play Liverpool. You know, like you saw against Everton, there were some moments Liverpool could have scored, of course, but rem- they remain pending, limited the space. You know, Trent and, and Robertson, who didn't do it as much, are going to cross. You know, only a couple players are really going to pop up with goals. So they've somewhat been found out. Liverpool are clearly not confident. Their confidence has been shot. They're in bad form. This is the one for some of these players in that Liverpool team. That's probably this is probably the first little roadblock they've had. Of course, there's injuries, and to be honest, you know it, it's life. You know Liverpool have been flying high for a number of seasons now. You know a number of years. Everybody, you know, you got to remember getting to a Champions League final and run it and and just lose it. What was that? They had a year they lost one game. But they still lost the league title. That was when the squad was being built. Obviously, they've won the Champions League and now won the Premier League. You know, that's about four years, you know. We've got to remember, not all of them, but some men were even there when they got to Europa League final and that, you know. So, again, time catches up with everyone. They haven't invested, you know. Obviously, they've injected a couple of youth players around there. But I just don't think their signings have been good enough. Excluding the Salas and the Marnes, you know. Naby Keita is a quality player. Is he ever fit? I have no doubts about his ability. (laughs) 
I have no doubts about Thiago's ability, but does he look like a right fit? You know, Jota's going to come back and be a big boost, so exclude him. But Shakiri's been a good squad player. Does he take it to the next level? Does he genuinely score goals? You know, the play, the recruitment hasn't been the best at Liverpool, and like you can see, they played, they done very well to keep their players fit, but. Like you saw last, there was always going to be injuries this year for everybody. And obviously, Liverpool have played a lot of games. That, you know, they've played a lot of games on the spin generally last season with the World Club Cup and stuff. And no matter how much rehab you do, periodization, I can't even say it, but time catches up with everyone. But periodization, I can't say it. It catches up with everybody, people. And it's caught up with Liverpool and they need to rebuild. And, you know, I think Klopp will. Klopp won't want to walk out like this, but... One has to wonder how much you're going to rebuild, you know, and how much can you, because allegedly Liverpool's financial plans aren't the best like teams globally. How much could you rebuild without selling? Could it be worth selling Salah or Mane or Firmino and reinvesting? Now, I think Salah and Mane are going to come on big fees. I'm not too sure about Salah. Could it be worth that? Because I think they need to change up something. And you look at it, they do probably need to inject some youth because Salah, Mane, Firmino, these guys are in their peak to the latter 20s now, sort of thing. Henderson's in his peak. You know, Milner's over there. With all due respect in footballing terms, he's over the hill. Yes, they've got Trent. Yes, Jones has come on the scene. You know, I'm not saying everybody needs to be moved on. And I think players mentally, as much as I think you can get at Klopp and things, I think the players are suffering. You know, Alisson doesn't make some of these mistakes if he he is feeling confident he's feeling some of the pressure you know Robertson and Trent don't make these mistakes or don't switch off Mane scores more goals everybody's feeling the pressure in my opinion every dog has their day and to be fair with you like I said you know you can't not you have to you can't you can't not not speak about injuries because what you know Nat Phillips and Ozan Kabak you know, that was Liverpool's 18th centre-half pairing for the season. It's a Mazzolini for Liverpool people. Absolute Mazza. Looking at the statistics, though, people, if you look at it from a statistical point of view, Everton have now scored as many Premier League goals at Anfield this year as Liverpool. So the front three are not really scoring, excluding Salah, in my opinion. Carlo Ancelotti has now managed five different teams to victory against Liverpool. He did it in 27, 27 oh, so, um, 2007, apologies, people, with AC Milan. He did it um, again with Chelsea in 2014, he did it with Real Madrid. In 2018-19, he did it with Napoli. And now he's done it in 2021 with Everton. With that, Liverpool have lost as many Premier League games for at Anfield in the last 31 days as in Jurgen Klopp's first 100 games for Liverpool people. Liverpool have lost four consecutive Premier League games for the first time in 19 years. Liverpool have lost four consecutive home games for the first time in 98 years. Liverpool have conceded three penalties in the Premier League in 2021. No players conceded more. So there's cracks, you know, there's cracks and chigs in the armour. And, you know, Klopp's, as a manager, you have to rebuild. You have to expect this, people, you know. Like I said, Liverpool are playing a very good game with no injuries and their squad just staying fit. And, you know, the, the, the bits of quality in their squad really excelling. It allowed them to mask a bit. It allowed, you know, it allowed, because Firmino got that little bligh of being creative and the other man was scoring now not everybody's pulling their weight you now see it you know they said they didn't need certain midfielders now you see it you they said they didn't need a striker now you see it you said they didn't need a backup center half because they would they say oh Matip, oh joe gomez oh this is that now you see you've got to have contingency plans and if i was jürgen klopp and the players yes there can be criticism over jürgen klopp yes the players can 
I'd be angry at the board because there's not been enough investment, you know. There's not been enough. Liverpool had a segment to really kick on and I'm not saying they're not a big club because, you know, they've won the Champions League and whatnot. But I think they, in this current climate, especially when you look at the Spanish boys, I think they had a good time, a chance now to really build something, you know. Fair enough, that was their first Premier League title in 30 years. I think they could have built something to potentially challenge for the second, but it's gone. Enough about Liverpool. And like I said, big up. In fact, last thing about Liverpool, you know, this is the first time in Curtis Jones and Kabach's lifetime that Everton have actually beaten Liverpool at Anfield in the derby, people. Again, to big up Everton players, like I said, collectively, each 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 player played well. But you look at it, James Rodriguez, he's in his last two Premier League away games, he scored against United and got an assist at Anfield. So he's got, a, you know, he's had a hand in the goals at Old Trafford and Anfield. Um, you know, Michael Keane made 13 clearances against Liverpool. That's the most by Everton playing a Premier League game this season's commitment. Jordan Pickford made six saves against Liverpool, the most he's ever made in the Merseyside derby, whilst he got to keep a clean sheet. So you get your rewards. When you, you know, when you listen all week to what Carlo is telling you collectively and tactically, and you're scared to let down your fellow teammate individually, the, the rest will take care of itself. And that's something I wish there was Arsenal. On Richarlison, people. Richarlison is the third Everton player to score in back-to-back -back Premier League appearances at Anfield for the club after Tim Cahill did so in March 2006. And former Arsenal as well as Everton man Kevin Campbell also did such in October 2000. Um, Thiago has actually conceded more fouls per 90 minutes um, than any Liverpool or Everton player in the Premier League this season make of that what you will but enough about Liverpool and you know won't be quite as angry as Liverpool Chelsea fans now you gotta remember um, Thomas Tuchel is still unbeaten in his first six games as boss you know you're still in there with a top four shout I know there's still question marks and chigs in the armour and you're still learning a lot you know it looks like Kepa prior to last this game Kepa got a new lease of life and things like that but it is what it is, you know, it was a very reactive game at St. Mary's and really and truly Southampton could feel aggrieved that they've really engineered their own downfall. Obviously, they took they, they took the lead with Minamino, you know, the Liverpool man's found a new lease of life for himself over on this on the coast. Um, don't know if he'll make it permanently, but he sat he sat David Aspilicueta and Mendy down and gave him the lead. Obviously, Mason Mount via a penalty conceded by Danny Ings got them back in the game. Side note, I did think Mohamed Salisu, I can't say his name, but the Southampton player, I think he had a good game in what I believe is his debut. So that was a good marker he set to himself for the Southampton fans. And he's probably, you know, I feel sorry for people like that. You're making a debut for a new club, allegedly, if my information serves me correct. There's no fans there. I know Boris Johnson has spoken and we'll get into that towards the end of this podcast, people. But you get it. I did think it was brilliant composure and an ice cool finish from Minamino. And, you know, I don't know if he'll make it permanent, but Chelsea will just see that. Southampton should see it as two points drop, but so will, South, so will Chelsea. Um, South, Southampton, both teams should. Um, Chelsea, again, we're all trying to fight, including Arsenal, as unrealistic as it is. We're all trying to fight for top four. So when you're seeing other teams drop points like you did see with West Ham after them, you know, it, it makes things complicated, people. It is what it is in that regard. Um, you know, Minamino becomes the first player to score against Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea, allegedly, people, the first opposition player, um, like you saw. He has now scored, actually, more Premier League goals in his three games for Southampton than he managed in 19 for Liverpool. Um, and like I said, it was very rude how he sat Mendy on his, on his bum. Um, I'm sure the main talking point on the game is Callum Hodgson-Odoi. 
Now, on one hand, I think Callum hudson Adoy was hard done by to be subbed on and off. You know, it's embarrassing for any player. You know, Moise Keane, forgive me if I'm wrong, had it at United for when he was playing for Everton. Um, Abue's had it at the Emirates. Um, obviously, Callum's had it a couple times at Chelsea. Um, you know, Fabio Silva had it um, a couple of months ago for, for Wolves, actually. And there's been many examples. And I think together with being subbed in the first half through non-injury purposes, it's embarrassing. You know, it's embarrassing. You know, it can hurt you. It can harm you. It can make man disgruntled. And it, there is obviously these risks. But at the same time, welcome to football. Yeah, man can say, oh, what a poor attitude he's done. What, 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 you know, he's, he's thrown to, he's thrown Callum under a bus. And how's he done that to a 20-year-old and all of this? I agree with, for the record, I agree with a lot of that. You know, I think a lot of that's true. But on the same hand, I'm not going to lie. You know, if, to, if Callum hudson Day wants to play for Chelsea, you know, you got to forget this 20-year-old stuff and this Haylen, um, Haylen, this Cobham lad stuff and all of this sort of stuff. It's welcome to the ruthless bits of football. I don't care about a man's money, but you're in England. Just to look at it in, 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 a, in a blase sort of way, people, you're an England international. You're one of the high. I don't. In fact, I don't know if you're one of the highest earners, but you're one of the highest earners, tw highest earning twenty-year-olds. I'm willing to bet. You know, you're playing for Chelsea. You know, you have to be able to do a job when your manager's telling you to do things, especially when they're trying to win games and things like that. People, especially at this time in the season, there's no time for the niceties. This ain't academy football, and not to, not Callum, but I think a lot of people need to um, get rid of that. You know, you can't. I don't really feel. Of, of course, you can ask questions. You can say why Thomas has done, um, Thomas Tuchel's done that. But I'd say nobody was questioning him when the minute he came in, people didn't think Callum would have started games, let alone right wing back. And he started him a last couple in a row. So nobody was saying that. So clearly Callum has shown him something to say you should start and, and, and receptive to tactics. I'm not saying Thomas Tuchel is wrong, is right or wrong. I'm just saying you've got to keep it true. Man weren't saying that three, four games ago, but now you're drawing conclusions now. If he doesn't feel that man are doing a job, he's not doing a job. It's like at Arsenal. If Saka ain't doing a job, clip him off. But he is. So he stays. This is the ruthless world of football. Man are trying to get three points, not care about feelings. And, and you've got to put your ego to the side. I'm not going to lie. If I was Callum, my ego, of course, is going to be bruised. I've come on and off. You know, man that are subs with me starting the game, I'm standing, I'm sitting next to them before it's done. They're asking me, fucking hell, mate, what's happened here? You know, I'm going to feel upset. I'm going to feel embarrassed. Like I said, as a footballer, being subbed on and off is shameful. Being subbed at half time, excluding an injury and whatnot, it can be very upsetting. You know, I remember Neil Taylor, was it for Aston Villa a couple of years ago? Or was it for Swansea? He, he, he got on to his manager about that sort of stuff. So I can't, you know, I, I feel Callum's hard done by, but it's the second time it's happened for Callum. So there's got to be something really and truly. Um, for what it's worth, you know, Thomas Tuchel said, um, and I think Mason Mount um, done all right in the game for what it's worth. I know he gets a bad rep. I'm not even talking about the penalty he scored, but moving away from that, he said, um, we brought in Callum Hudson-Odoi, but I was not happy with his attitude, energy and counter-pressing. So for me, first line there, people, Obviously, I'm wary, for obvious reasons, you're wary of a, a young player of a certain makeup and that word attitude, obviously. Now, you're very wary because of the connotations and the stigma and things like that. But these sort of things weren't said previously. So the attitude has to be positive. It has to be limited to that game. The, and, and the way I see it from that first line... When you're telling us, you know, man, just, you know, I know we we see them on Sky Sports and it looks like the fact the the, the, the subs, sorry, aren't retaining any information, you know, but they have to, you know, if I'm, you know, I just think Thomas Tuchel or his coaching staff have given man certain t tactics, tell man how to play. He ain't done it. 
So you have to come off. It's as simple as that. You know, he wasn't helping them with the counter pressing. He deems that his energy weren't thirty, and specifically in what he believes with his attitude, I don't know. So again, three things there that he's highlighted. If you don't feel you're getting it, and we're trying to get results, man, are gonna get subbed. If he does these things, he stays on the field. He said, "I took him off, and we demand a hundred percent." I feel he is not in the right shape to help us now that would hurt me because what do you mean by then because you've played me quite a few times you brought me off the bench you know maybe you feel he was maybe that's a bit of fitness or fatigue but he hasn't ruled him out from playing for athlete against athletico people he said it was a hard decision but tomorrow it is forgotten at the moment oh, sorry people he said it was a hard decision but tomorrow it is forgotten and he has all the possibilities to start against atletico madrid it's also a big week so it's mixed feelings at the moment it will not be easier to score against Atletico and when you look at this last three substitutions including the last one to be subbed on and off obviously in 2021 against Southampton is Callum Hodgson and Doy in 2018 you know I was about to say two years ago three years ago it was him again against Watford so that's another manager that has happened against now I mean, you might have been hard done by in that game I can't remember it but it's you know lightning has struck him twice you know, fool me once, fool me twice. The first time you can say you're hard done by. Second time you might not have done something or your manager deems you weren't doing something to play. Christensen also against Burnley was, you know, so you had Callum Hudson the It's happened in 2018 against Watford. It happened obviously this year against Southampton. In 2017, Andreas Christensen suffered that same fate against Burnley. Thought it was an encouraging game for Kante of sorts, people. I know he looks to be one of the odd men out to a degree, um, but he made the most ball recoveries with 13, the most tackles with seven, the most interceptions with four, um, and done his thing. And obviously with that as well, people, Thomas Tuchel is the 16th manager in Premier League history to avoid defeat in his first six games in the competition. He's actually the first since um, Maurizio Sarri in September 2018, who obviously was also with Chelsea. Now, obviously, people, um, West Brom against Aston, I mean, Aston Villa, West Brom against Burnley, people, nil-nil, probably not the most glamorous of fixtures on the best of days much less this week the biggest talking point would probably be for me if West Brom could actually finish their breakfast they could have had a fantastic 10 men victory and obviously Maitland now had a better game especially when they went down to 10 men I think they did all right I did think you know Mike Dean's always going to get a lot of bad rep but it did look like all right cool it, it is what it is in it this is a red sort of thing is you know it is it is what it is what was it semi a J I could be wrong but um it looked like it is what it is. His hands were tied, um, to be fair with you. With it, though, you know, Mike Dean has now produced four red cards in his last three games. He has refereed in the Premier League. Um, West Brom have picked up their fourth red card in the Premier League this season, people. Uh, only one team has received one more than them, people, and has received more than them. You know, I, I want, I'll give you a clue. They're the club I support, Arsenal. So, yeah. Both teams very reactive in that regards then, you know. Some of those red cards could be put down to bad luck, but it's down to the system in my opinion. So, yeah, I think West Brom could have finished their dinner and could have had a heroic three, you know, three points after being 10 men down. I mean, down down a man and down to 10 men. So, it wasn't meant to be both teams in Burnley and West Brom and Jarbian share a point of the spoils. Now, West Ham versus Spurs. I think London is red. Spurs will say it's white. I don't know how you can say that, but it, 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 they can. Spur Chelsea will say it's blue. Palace will say it's bare different multiple colours than that. You know, Barnet, Leighton, Orient, QPR, Brentford. I'm sure these teams might have something to say. But West Ham probably saying it's claret. You know, shout out to West Ham, you know. I ain't got no beef with West Ham really and truly out of all the London clubs. It's all Chelsea and Spurs. 
they did us a favour. I say do us a favour, but, you know, it's always nice to watch Spurs lose. And definitely when your team have lost, you know, West Ham 2, Spurs 1. And, you know, again, big up David Moyes for what he's doing. You know, again, football is about dreaming. And do I say West Ham dare to dream? We're approaching February. February's done enough really quick and fast. West Ham are still flirting in those Champions League places. Europe should be the target. I guess, you know, realistically, at the start of the season, Europe... You would love Champions League, but via the Europa League first and foremost. The way that David Moyes has found them now should go and, you know, if they don't go and get Champions League, it's a failure for them. You know, David Moyes is one of those people that everyone's quick to laugh at, but very slow to praise. And, you know, again, it's all relative. He needs to continue it. But players are playing well. You know, Cresswell looks good. You know, the system looks like it's working at West Ham. They're picking up points. You know, the table doesn't lie. You know, they're getting plaudits well-deserved. You know, Declan Rice is getting more and uh, growing in importance more and more and he made a couple of colossal blocks against Spurs and he's a big big player in my opinion you know Mikel Antonio just cannot stop scoring I think he actually got scouted for Spurs as a kid funny enough how work things work you know Thomas Suchek getting bloodied in the waters you know putting his face on the line for the team who's the right back I like their right back I think he's a fellow countryman of Suchek you know I don't think he's amazing but I like how he puts his body on the line you know they're doing well Cresswell looking good you know, they're playing with confidence. You know, people mocked it when they said David Moyes should get rid You know, David Moyes being brought back to West Ham. He's doing his thing. Firmly doing his thing, people. And long may it continue, especially if Arsenal aren't going to be in the top four out, top four shouts. I'd rather Everton and, and West Ham and these sort of teams apart from Spurs and that, you know. Uh, 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 sorry, exclude. You know, uh, as opposed to Spurs, better yet getting it. You know, I'm back in West Ham all the way. Go and do it, man. Be good for David Moyes. Obviously, Lingard It's crazy, you know. When you look at Minamino and you look at Lingard, you know, we know this about football, but it's crazy how your, your performance can uptake if you go to a team that's going to play you and you, you've got belief. Like, you can see David Moyes and West Ham believe in Lingard. And to be honest, I'm not criticising United because they ain't, can't afford to believe in Lingard. they got better players. They need to move forward, you know. And the same goes for Minamino. Liverpool ain't got time for that, you know. So it, it's, I just think it's weird, man, how footballers can, can you know, lease of life. You could see, you could tell, you know, they tried to do they tried to do West Ham dirty. I don't know why VAR got involved for Lingard's goal. You could see he's onside anyways, you know, shout out to him. The first goal they conceded, you know, between Tanganga, Dyer and Loris, I don't think it's good enough. I think the main culprit is Dyer, but, you know, Loris is near to the scene of the crime and as is Tanganga. Like I said, I don't necessarily think it's Loris and Tanganga. I think Dyer has switched off, but potentially all three have to have better communication there. Obviously, there was obviously late scares in the game. You know, Mora got on the score sheet and things like that. But West Ham did enough, really and truly. And I think, again... It's the same problems with Jose, you know, he starts off very well at his new club, he has everyone buying into it and then you quickly see, you know, the football doesn't matter when you're winning, when you're losing, you know, and you're not playing well, you can see it here, people, you know, the man, Jose's football is boring, it's very defeative, it's very negative, you know, it's just relying on individual brilliance, these individual players are not turning up, like Son probably just burnt out, he's playing in all competitions every week, on top of just being anonymous against West Ham, he's probably burnt out. Harry Kane, you can't keep relying on Harry Kane to turn it up because he's a marked man and as great as he is and as much as he scores goals and things like that, 
he's only one man. Mora had Mora played better, but I'm sure you know Mora again. Spurs fans are probably at where they're at with Mora in that they probably are never convinced he's gonna pull the goods up. So when you've got Son having an iffy game, Kane being marked out of the game, you ain't got no one else to stand up to be counted really and truly. So like I said, the tactics is one thing, but you're beginning to probably look at. Jose Mourinho's man management, I would say, as an outsider looking in. Like, I don't know. If, I, I, I Personally, not to sound like a genius, genius, but I did say this Bale thing, I can see it going south for Spurs. I did think Bale would play and and, and play more than he has and, and do a bit more. And I thought it could be a good signing and things like that. But I did see it because what have you seen already? You've seen it with Luke Shaw. You've seen it at Bale other clubs. Players can be injured, but Jose is one of them. If he feels that you're just pardon my, my language is being soft and you're not actually injured you're just not really kind of you've got little aches and pains but you can play he's not feeling you and I think he gets that with Bell and you have heard the rumblings especially when you see he was kind of surprised Bell ruled himself out so I think when you look many players over that team even Daily Ali, you know I think they're at that stage where these sort of players should be getting a looking because when you're playing well like they have been doing this season you ain't got a leg to stand on to get in the team but I do think, you know, them two should get looking more of it, Bale, because Bale actually looked very lively off the bench. Obviously, you don't score goals for hitting the post. I'm sure he got an assist, which has to be his first Premier League assist since he's came back to the Premier League since, when did he leave? 2013 or something? And I think he's got a blood Bell Now, again, Bale has had injuries. Bale, you know, I know Bale's a peculiar, a peculiar sort of case and player, but I'm, I'm no genius. But you brought him in in the summer, more or less, right? You know, again, he might have aches and pains and knocks. I don't know, but, you know, I would have thought by now he would be up and running and ready to go. I think it's just, I don't think it's injuries and all of these sort of things. I just don't think Jose fancies it really and truly Sutton's took him off. I did even think, it's not that I think Lemayna should have stayed on the field in the game, people. I did even think Lemayna was just running at West Ham and it was, it was giving them some problems as poor as Spurs were playing and they kind of negated against that so it's the same old same old in what you can say with spurs every other week they've been dropping points i'm not going to sit here and say i don't love it i love it people of course um it's amazing people as i said gareth bell has assisted his first goal in the premier league for the first time since april 2013 where he did such against city you know, everyone made noise about West Ham selling Sebastian Haller. Um, but Lingard has now scored as many Premier League goals for West Ham this season as him. They're both on three. Um, David Moyes um, beat Jose Mourinho for the first time in his managerial career, people. And it meant that at least for the time, West Ham finished the match day, the Premier League match day for the first time since March 2016 in the top four. Um, when you look at it, big up Mikel Antonio for setting it. All 42 of his Premier League goals have come from inside the box. In the competition's history, only Tim Cahill with 56, Chigarito with 53 and Gabriel Hernandez with 45 have scored more with all of them coming from inside the box. So this is a firmly elite list of Premier League poachers. With that as well, Mikel Antonio has now scored more Premier League goals versus Tottenham than any other club. He has five against Tottenham, four against Liverpool and also four against Norwich. Um, when you look at it, Spurs had 13 shots off target people, you know. That's their most, against West Ham, that's their most in 61 Premier League matches. So when you can't create, when there's no patterns of play, when you're not clinical, when you're when you're not precise in hitting the target how can you expect to score goals and you look at the man who manages the club as much as i love jose Mourinho as a man and definitely what he's doing at spurs you can't see how they get over this one really and truly if i'm completely honest um 
you know, it is what it is. Big up Declan Rice because against Spurs, he made the most tackles, most interceptions and one possession the most time. Um, I know he's been linked with other clubs. I know the Chelsea one somewhat died down since Lampard's gone. And he's just, you know, he's, he's I don't want to say he's moving into that Mark Noble sort of thing, but he's being that sort of leader now, you know. It's almost Mark, that Mark Noble's importance on West Ham is non-existent this year but big up West Ham for what they're doing Jose Mourinho has earned 81 points after 53 league matches in charge of Spurs that's his lowest total at this stage in um, in any of his managerial stints it's also the first time a Jose Mourinho side has conceded in the opening five minutes of both halves in the Premier League um, Lucas Moore obviously scored in back-to-back -back Premier League I mean, sorry in back-to-back -back appearances for Tottenham in all comps for the first time since 2018 August of that Tottenham haven't won any of their last 11 Premier League matches when behind at halftime, drawing two and losing nine, losing each of their last six people. Their most recent comeback came in in December 2019. Um, so make of that what you will, people. So, yeah, it's been a good week. You know, Liverpool, Arsenal might have lost. We'll get into Arsenal sadly soon. Liverpool dropped points, you know. Spurs dropped points. Chelsea dropped points, which makes, it me, makes me more annoyed that Arsenal couldn't get something against City. I say something against City, I'm... Obviously reaching a bit. We might as well get into that. Now, Arsenal versus Man City. It depends on how you look at it, people. You know, uh, on one hand, it shows the, the standards Arsenal have dropped, regardless of how big a team has gone and how big Team City are. We're happy we lost 1-0 and not 10, you know. And this is where I feel Arsenal fans... I'm not saying it's not a positive, but they lack balance. I do think you either live in la-la land or you're all negative. I think two, hard, two, two truths can remain in the same realm in that... I wouldn't say I'm happy to lose because who is happy to lose? I've seen City um, City beat teams more convincingly and give them more of a chance. I've seen City uh, have a harder time drawing, you know, and and it's and, and, and things like that. But we only lost 1-0. But at the same time, it's how you look at it because I just feel it's another game where, again, you look into the Man City game, you know, off the ball movement. As, as much as we can talk at lengths about City on the ball and their technical quality, off the ball is the difference maker. Off the ball... Being switched on, being switched on from minute one to the end of it are three things that you have to be in control of. You can be in control of, you know, wasn't that conceding, you know, and air, conceding across within the first two minutes of a game. You're letting Mares cross it on his left on his left foot on the right hand side. You're not picking up runners in Raheem Sterling. Centre halves are not looking over their shoulders. This tells me the players don't have the mental capacity to take things down to, for themselves. That's why, as much as I can criticise the manager. These players are not street smart enough. You know, they're not. They're, they're too... They, they're just stuck. A lot of them have a bad cocktail or bad habits. Not right mentally. Just poor players, really and truly. So, yeah, it's all right that we won 1-0, but we lost 1-0. But we shot ourselves in the foot. Conceded, conceding a late goal. One shot on target, regardless of the game, is poor. We offered nothing, you know. They didn't even have to be at their best. On another day, Man City, you know, if we made more of a meal of it, I'm pretty sure Pep would have sat there and said, listen, you City players, you ain't won the league yet. Fix up, because they didn't really create. They didn't really test Leno. You know, there was even times Arsenal could have done a bit better. Yeah, they had times with Cancelo and stuff to wrap up the game. But I, I, I think, you know, Pep would probably say we've got to be better. And I think that's the problem, because he, the players knew. You know, Diaz is up there for take-ons. He's a centre-half. He's up there for ball-playing and take-ons and things. Now, we knew he was going to concede possession, but we didn't offer anything. We really didn't offer anything. And, again, it's how you lose. You know, like I said, we can sit here and talk about how quality Manchester City are and their technical qualities. I don't think we, we, we got to see that. We didn't work them to the point where we saw how good Raheem Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Ruben Diaz and all of these players are. We didn't push them to their limit. 
That's what I wanted it to be. If we lost 1-0, all right, cool. You know, you worked hard. Their man got better players than us. They showed individual bits of brilliance. But instead, I'm talking about the problems. This tells me the Arsenal players mentally are not on this thing, you know. Odegaard missing, Aubameyang anonymous, you know, everybody anonymous apart from Saka and Tierney really and truly and even Tierney should have done better for the goal and it's more of the same old, same old. Way before I talk about another team, I talk about the lack of what my team is doing people and it was poor. I know Pep done his best, Pep was probably helping his boy and Pep was singing Arteta's praises before and after the game but... It just we just didn't offer anything, you know. So we can focus on the fact that we didn't lose one, we lost one nil and not ten. But that's a losing thing. That's loser mentality, you know. I would have preferred to still, you know, not that I want to lose, but if you gave more of a chance, I can't tell you a time you made Edison made a big save, you pocketed this player, you done anything, we're defeated. And it was just exactly that attitude at Liverpool away from home, where we're looking for positives where there's none. You know, and it doesn't help us really and truly, you know, it really doesn't help us because we know we're dropping points. We're going to keep dropping more points. We've got Leicester to come. We've got Spurs, Leicester, West Ham off the top of my head, I believe, in our next three games. You know, the games are coming thick and fast. Arteta has to win on Thursday because for me, I don't understand what's going on with, with Martinelli. I don't understand what's going on with Lacazette. I've spoken about it on my YouTube, so I'm not going to get over it. But you need to win because you've cost us the FA Cup. You, uh, the players have shot themselves. Listen, I don't think Arteta can account for these stupid mistakes two minutes into this game, like I could say for several things. But you have cost us the game indirectly as well. You have thrown points away this Premier League season as much as the players. And this is why we're playing catch-up. And all our eggs are in the Europa League basket. If we got out of the Europa League on Thursday, boy, you ha probably have to sack the gaffer. Is, that, is he going to get sacked? I don't think so. And I think there's, a bit, there's too much comfortability, you know. And I'm tired of hearing these Arsenal players talk after the game in that we have to manage games better we keep defeating ourselves my brother my brother we know that we know this i'm hearing players coming out and say they want to they want to leave they don't want to waste their prime years here well f off then you're not good enough anyways like come on you know i'm a better right back than certain man if we did the fitness thing i'll still get ripped but i'm a better right back than certain man 100 percent um sound like that guy who said he's better than neymar he just needs to train but you get it people you know we got finished you know and, and listen i'm not angry that we lost you know it's Man City. Let's be real. There's a golfing class between the two teams. Like I said, but it's about the quality of the performance. Like I said, there's an element, there should have been an element of fearlessness here because everybody expects you to lose. It's somewhat a free hit, you know. We want to put in a performance, but we know City are going to smoke us. So I wanted to see players play without that handbrake. You know, if you can't show bottle now against City where this is a game that don't really count for much. Yeah, we're trying to get top four. They're trying to win the league, but they're running away with the league. You know, we're probably not going to get top four. There isn't, this ain't the biggest of context of games, really and truly, for us. So I wanted to see a bit of fearlessness, a bit of a rising to the occasion. If you can't do it in, in this context, in a game like this, then how are you going to do it if you, you know, mathematically it's no longer a thing where you can get top four in the league and you have to win in the Europa. How can I have faith to get through to the semis and all of these sort of things in Europa and, 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 and the resting in, in general at Arsenal if you can't do, if you can't give me a basic level of performance? And it's, it's I, I'm not just focusing on this game because every game is part of a 38-game puzzle. When I look at games like this, when I look at many games we've lost and drawn, the same, and, and you have followed my pod, uh, podcast for a while, how many times have I sat here and said the same things? You know, get, at the end of the game, I'm hearing the same players come out and talk and say the same things that if you didn't know we played City at the weekend and you just looked at it and you just put a bunch of Arsenal fixtures and just uh, 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 the, 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 the quotations or the paragraphs with no context of the game, 
so and, and you made Arsenal fans just just do a little exercise and say what game do you think this was said about product there's going to be the same things could be said for different games and this tells me man are not learning you know can we account we can't stop city all we can do is is the minimum turn up stand up to be counted and make things hard for the opposition we didn't do that you know we did not do that congratulations to city you know Gaza man sterling scored and keeps scoring against us ruben diaz and john stones had effort to do you know zinchenko you know he's a more he's a i swear he's a creative mid center mid by trade shoehorned and somewhat made a left back he's loving the game he's just flying forward Mares loving it on the right hand side fernandinho saka gave him a couple stiff ones but holding it up Dyers and Stones, they're just dribbling and when Aubameyang's running through, he's just getting out of there, you know. Players are hiding and even Aubameyang, you know. When we win, I see Aubameyang talk to the press. When we lose, I don't see Donny. To be fair, he did speak to Benfica, but we got smoked. And, and it, it, it is what it is, people. It is what it is. And, and for me, I wanted to see a bit of a fearlessness because, again, you've got a t- some of you have been gaming game out part of this thing where you lose to man city and get smacked up how many have played sunday league i used to play sunday league where boardwater farm used to my team used to give boardwater farm some good games but there was a period they used to eat us up smack us up every game and that used to hurt me so every time we played them regardless of how tough it is regardless of how much class reduced to cheat or how scary you know it might have been for some man going into boardwater farm when you see the flat and the fountain and 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 you see the gangbangers all coming to watch the game and you know my man's younger brother is playing and, and he's a madman you know they're all reasons to not turn up and be scared but we want to win you want to get something so you put in a performance and they have to change at some time arsenal didn't play like a team that wanted to put it right and that's what hurts me and i just find we look for too many positives where there's none where we just need to look at the balance thing and say it could have been worse it could have and should have been a lot better it's as simple as that you know and it's the same old player standing up to be counted. It's the same old man hiding behind Tini and Saka. Do I think Saka was amazing or Tini? Of course not. Tini could have done better to stop the cross for Sa- for Mares, but he reacted. I saw a bit of effing heart from him. I didn't see it from nobody else. You know, maybe tactically Arteta again. He threw this game. He's told us, and this tells me he doesn't believe in these players because again, mathematically, if he was a betting man, not 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 looking at our poor Arsenal, our people. If he was a betting man. You have more of a chance statistically getting through to the Europa, getting through the, the top four, qualifying from the top four, then getting in the Europa League. We're only at the last round of 32, you know. This tells me Arteta don't rate them. He knows they're not good enough for that. You know, he knows that Europa League is the thing and these players haven't got the bottle. You know, you told me we learnt from our mistakes against Olympiacos. Have you put that tie to bed against Benfica? No, it's all to play. In fact, they're the ones there with the way goals in the second leg. I know we've got one and a cushion of that, but they could complicate things. You know, you're not learning. You're not learning. And again, I may again. I I blame the players because again, Arteta can't account for two minutes into the game switching off again. It's the same old individuals, or it's a different individual. And next guy, they're all making these mistakes. People is it it is it is it's appalling in that regards, really and truly, man. It is it, we're just not gonna get anywhere, really. Like it is what it is. We're just steady and free flow. It's just a madness, absolute madness. Where I think Arteta might have gone better. I don't think he could have changed. I don't think he should have changed both of the centre halves. You know, Marie. He's playing against a fast team. He's barely played. He's been coming back from injury. You kind of throw him in for failure. You know, Rob Holding again ain't played the last couple of games. A bit stiff. Tierney. He didn't after the game. He said he didn't even know if he's gonna get ninety. You know, so you've got three defenders, new defenders in there that aren't fully fit 
or arguably you could say are not fully fit. So I think that's where Arteta showed his naiveties. I personally don't see the obsession with playing Hector Bellerin and it's players like that that are going to cost you your job, especially when these effing idiots come out and talk after the game about they want to leave and them thing there allegedly, you know. The less said, the better. Let's just look at the statistics, people. No player completed more take-ons against Arsenal than Ruben Diaz with three people. Centre-half, like I said. It's been about three months since Pep Guardiola's Man City lost a game of football. Man City have beaten Arsenal in their last eight Premier League games, people. So this is the thing I told that the example I was giving, you know, went with Boardwalk Farm. If they beat us that many games, the time we go to play them, that's all I want to do is win. You know, I don't want to turn up and get smacked up. You know, them, run, them runs have to end sometime. And I didn't see 11 players that wanted to end them runs there. You know, it's about building the team for the future. We might not get top four this year, but if you if you can show me away from cup competitions occasionally that you can get up, you can put in a performance against City and make them really have to play out of their skin or or or, or not concede these dumb goals. I'm like saying nothing. Building blocks because that's all I'm looking for, people. Building blocks for this year, next year, and beyond. Because realistically, we can't do anything this year or ever. So I'm not seeing that, people. Um. Obviously, they've beat us eight, the last eight games. It's actually now 18 consecutive wins across all competitions for Pep Guardiola's team. No player has scored more goals across all competitions this season for Man City than Raheem Sterling, people. Raheem Sterling, um, in his last five games against Arsenal, has two goals and four assists. He scored in each of his last three against Arsenal. Arsenal have lost their last four Premier League games against Man City without scoring a goal. This was the first time in our history we have failed to score in four consecutive home league games against an opponent. Man City have equaled the record for consecutive away wins by an English top flight team across all comps. 11. This was this was also um, a, a record which was previously set by Pep Guardiola between May and November 2017. So it is what it is. Now... Aston Villa were defeated two goals to one against um, Leicester. Um, and you've got to give credit to Leicester. They go back to winning ways. I do think Villa have been a bit sort of average for the last couple of games after a high rise. Shows what you miss when you miss Jack Grealish. I think Mings and, and Koza were quite poor for Madison's goal. Um, you know, Madison scored a wonder, done his thing. Harry Barn ha Harvey Barnes, apologies, had a good performance. And again, I do think both of them are going to miss out for England. I, I definitely think Madison should be on the plane. And I think Barnes, just on his form, deserves to be in the competition. But I just think it's going to go against them, really and truly. You know, Barnes, to be fair, form is one thing. And you consider he's a winger, he might give you something else. He's going against Jaden Sanjo. Rashford can be used out there. Raheem Sterling can be used out there. And obviously Grealish as well and a couple of other things in that regard. So I think Madison is just going to fall short because you've obviously going to go with Phil Foden, Mason Mount, I'd assume Grealish and Grealish being able to play there and you do need to consider bringing in other midfielders so they will fall short in my opinion. I hope to be wrong. I think they both deserve it and Gar And I was wondering when I was watching the game, is Gareth Southgate watching and he was actually at the game so I'm sure he was looking at a bunch of players and you know it would have been a good time for James Justin to get some minutes but unfortunately his quality start to the season has been disrupted via injuries um obviously it was a poor day man it was a poor day for Aston Villa even Martinez he could have done better for one of the goals he kind of fumbled if that was Leno that's all over every clips but it is what it is people James Madison has scored seven goals from outside the box people since the start of last season um only Jamie Vardy with 14 has scored more goals this season for Leicester than than Harvey Barnes with 13 who has now had a direct hand in nine um, nine goals in his last 11 Premier League matches, six goals and three assists. So 
the Englishmen at Leicester are doing the business and the people behind them also doing the business. So it's another win for Leicester and Brendan Rodgers and you can't really give them enough plaudits really and truly, you know, there's there's far too many really, you know. Now, I'm sure you saw yesterday Crystal Palace defeated Brighton two goals to one. Late Benteke winner, debut goal for Meteta, forgive me for mispronunciation. He's the 12th different player to score a Premier League goal this season for Crystal Palace. And it was also a good little cheeky little flick from him really to get his first goal. Um, like I said, you know, Aston Villa saw how tough it was without Jack Grealish, you know. No Zaha, no problem, I guess, for Palace. And saying that, you know, there's been times Palace ain't been there. Obviously, Veltman scored and whatnot and things like that. But Benteke's goal grabbed all the points and grabbed the drama for Crystal Palace. And when you look at it, it was, you know, Crystal Palace barely had any shots. People had two shots on target, got two goals, people. You know, Metata's, um goal was his first shot on target in the competition. You know, Crystal Palace have actually only had four shots in the last two games against Crystal Palace. I mean, against Brighton, including this people. Yet they've managed to score three goals. So it's firmly a smash and grab job. You know, Brighton had 25 shots, people. You know, 75% of the possession. You know, Palace had 25 Passing accuracy of 66%, two shots on target, three shots in total, two goals, three points, you know. When you're losing, you ask, why are you being why are you being so lackluster in front of goal? When you're winning, you say that's clinical. It is what it is for Crystal Palace. Palace as well, they've got their joint best tally um, of points in the Premier League season after 25 games, which they have 32. That matches 2015-16, so they're doing something all right. Um, Manchester United, as you saw there, people, you know, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, even Daniel James, all on the score sheet, three points, three goals. You know, unfortunately, didn't keep a clean sheet. Could have done a lot better for to not concede that sad maximum goal, in my opinion. But it's a convincing game, man, you know. And, you know, United were attacking from start to finish. Every player, apart from Luke Shaw, which you wouldn't have had it down there. And Lindelof had a shot against Newcastle, people. It's obviously lovely for Schola, Schultire, to the 17-year-old, to make his debut for Man United. I know he's been training with them. He's travelled against um, um, with the squad for Sociedad. He teared up. He teared it up against Arsenal at 23's level, and he's been someone since the age of 14 that I've seen as a player, really and truly. So he's gonna keep developing and doing his thing. Long way to go, and he got to make his debut. Yes, it was at Old Trafford, which is obviously special. But I think actually he's from Newcastle, so it's against his his his, his boyhood club. I don't know how his story works because I, I was reading stuff online that he's been with Manchester City as well as United as a youth. So I don't know if he's also been with Newcastle. I don't know how Don's life works, but pretty interesting one, isn't it, people? Marcus, you know, I did think as well, Martial quality player but you know we're getting at the time now where you know he's got to show start showing you you got to start looking convincing as either as a winger either as a striker and, you know martial had a very lackluster game in my opinion but anyways people you know it's all the marcus rashford show directly involved in 15 goals for man united this season daniel james has already equalized his best premier league goals tally from last season with three goals after eight games he's now scored in back-to-back -back games across all comps obviously after getting on the score sheet in the europa league bruno fernandez doing what he can for my fpl team people has been directly involved in more goals this season than any other premier league player 
25. It's the seventh time, or against Newcastle, it's the seventh time he's also scored and assisted in the same league game. And when you look at it, it kind of shocked me to see these following stats, people. But the last four Man United players to provide 10-plus assists in a single Premier League season, 2013-14, Rooney had 10. That didn't shock me. 2017-18, Pogba had 10. That doesn't shock me. Obviously, 2020-21, it doesn't shock me to see Bruno Fernandes with 10 and, you know, He's not he's, he's not done in it. I don't know if them man there that I've said before I've got more, but Bruno's not that you could probably back him to get another 10 somehow, really and truly. I did not think to see Di Maria 14 15 there, you know. Again, Di Maria probably didn't have the best of times at United, you know, and some people will just label him a flop. But when you see little things like that, is he? You know, United have you know, United haven't resembled the United team or Alex Ferguson United team for a long time. They definitely do in terms of scoring goals or just whenever they score goals. But Man United have scored 53 goals in 25 games this season in the Premier League. That's their most at this stage of a top fight campaign since 2012-13 where they had 60 people. That's the last time they won the title. So they're getting close. You know, mathematically, I know Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, one minute he plays it down, then he talks it up. You never know what could happen really and truly in that regard. So we'll have to see what happens. Away from that though, people, I'm sure you all saw Fulham defeated Sheffield United a goal to nil. And um, Lookman bagged the goal and he looks to, he looks inspired and he looks a different player. Whether they stay up or not, I think he's enhanced his reputation and will get a Premier League move. He's been directly involved in more Premier League goals than any other Fulham player this season with four goals and three assists. I'm sure you all saw... Um, Wolves did the double. I mean, Wolves. Are, I think Wolves now have done the double over Leeds. You know, courtesy of a, a, an own goal by Millier. I know he's a good player who makes mistakes, but I, I it's an own goal, but it's unfortunate. You know, it's a wonderful strike from Adama. It's going to be you know goal of the season contender. It's hit the post and just cannoned back off my man's head like on a FIFA thing. Like there's nothing he could do, people. Sadly, at 20 years of age and 354 days, he's the youngest goalkeeper to score an own goal in Premier in the Premier League in the competition's history. Wolves are the first side to complete a league double over Marcelo Bielsa in a top flight division since both Montpellier and PSG defeated his Marseille side home and away in Liga in 2014-15 people so make of that what you will so that's that in relation to the Premier League folks if we look at you know I know it's Champions League week and stuff like that and there's a lot of Champions League action to come um briefly if you give me a second let's talk about briefly about the games to come now on my youtube channel if you're about you know i'll be doing a watch along atletico versus chelsea you know live from 7 30 because you know we kick off at 8 or maybe 7 let me say 7 50 7 45 or something but anyways you've got atletico madrid against chelsea you've got lazio against bayern munich um which are going to be two tasty games today Tomorrow, you've got Atlanta versus Real Madrid. Don't sleep on Atlanta. They play good football. Don't sleep on Real Madrid. But against Shakhtar and Gladbach, I'm sure they were two teams in Real Madrid's group early in the Champions League. They kind of struggled. So, make of that what you will, folks, people. You know, Gladbach against Man City. You know, one thing I have to say about Pep... He does have a bit of complacency in Europe. It does appear that he overcomplicates things tactically and he's been made to pay. So it'll be interesting. So once again, Atletico Madrid at home to Chelsea. Lazio welcomed Bayern Munich. Atlanta versus Real Madrid. Bayern Munich Gladbach will play Man City. Um, so away from that, you know, don't get it twisted. The Champions League is a good competition, but Europa is where it's really at, man. That's a real, that's, that's the real European competition, people. The real, real competition. And obviously, Arsenal got it all to do, people. We got a cup final. Like I said, right now, 
on paper, if it's nil-nil in this second leg on Thursday, we go through. But I'm, I don't bet that. You know, we've, we're basically winning two-one with away goals. What happens if Benfica score within the first ten minutes? Things are complicated. Um, so we're gonna have to see people. Obviously, Spurs have a cushion in their group. So I mean, in their game. So them against Wolfsburger. You know, from five o'clock on Wednesday. You know, you got Spurs at that. You've got Ajax against Leo, which was a you know very dangerous sort of game. You know, Ajax nicked it at the end. You got Granada against Napoli. You've got Shakhtar against Tel Aviv. Rangers against Antwerp. Obviously, Arsenal and Benfica. Hoffenheim on Molde. Unaremres Villarreal against Salzburg. Nil nil in the first leg of the Leicester City versus Slavia game. Red Star versus Milan. Club Bruges against Dynamo Kiev. Obviously, Man United with a four nil cushion. Welcome Sociedad to their place. And I'd imagine, you know, pardon me, surely that's a first start for Diallo. Surely you're winning 4 0. Surely that's a start for Diallo, one of them young men there, um, as well as a couple bits of rotation. Um, Roma against Braga, Leverkusen against Young Boys, Dynamo Zagreb against Krasnodar, PSV against Olympiakos. So, bagger action, people. Bagger action, bagger action. Um, we'll have to see. Obviously, as you lot know, people, please make sure you're making a mental note. Friday, we go again for the Deluded Podcast. Away from that, though, and I'm sure you've all seen people, apparently up to 10,000 fans could be back in stadiums by mid-May as part of the government's plans to move England out of lockdown. Boris Johnson has announced a four-part plan to lift the coronavirus lockdown. Outdoor sports, including football, golf and tennis, will be allowed to resume in England from the 29th of March. The plan is to ease lockdown required. The plan, sorry, to ease lockdown requires tests on vaccines, infection rates and new coronavirus variants being met. The turnstiles of our sports stadium stadia will once again rotate, said Johnson. As you lot know as well, in, in, in to, to obviously facilitate this, the government will run a series of pilot events in April and the English Football League said it would be engaging with the government over the potential for a small number of fans to attend the Carabao Cup final at Wembley on the 25th of April. If the pilots are successful, up to 10,000 people or 25% of a total seated capacity, whichever is lower, will be allowed in stadiums for full sporting events, but not before the 17th of May. That could mean the FA Cup final at May on um, at Wembley on the 15th of May is played behind closed doors, as obviously it was in August. Although fans may be able to attend the conclusion of the Premier League, which is set for the 23rd of May. As you lot you know, the delayed Euro 2020 competition begins on the 11th of June, with Wembley set to host seven matches, including the final on the 11th of July. People will have to see what that is saying. Um, so yeah, in and that that's all there is in relation to other news. Also as well, people, um, a bit of a funny story, not really any relevance to it, but apparently over in Brazil and in a defender, or better yet, I'll read the article. International international defender Rodani was sent off against his parent club Flamengo after a fan paid a hundred and thirty-three thousand to um, enable him to play in the, in the heavyweight clash on Sunday. Rodani joined International on loan last year, but the terms of that agreement with Flamengo stipulated that he could not play against the Rio Janeiro-based club unless they received a one million real payment, which is obviously one hundred eighty-five k dollars, one hundred and thirty-three in their money, one hundred and thirty-three pounds. Apparently, the Brazilian was cleared to pay after a supporter stumped up the money ahead of the league clash at the Macarena over the weekend. But my man was sent off. You owe that fan his bread back. When you don't really, because you know, no one told him to do that. But you always find his bread back. Man paid for that. 
again it's obviously a rich fan but boy you know boy you know i'd, I'd be looking i'd be i'd be expecting an email if i was you people so it is what it is in that regards people so yeah man it's been a fantastic deluded podcast been a fantastic hour with you guys but gonna have to love and leave you lot if you're not bored of hearing what I have to say in relation to football, check out the YouTube content. All my links are in the description. You know, Guna 4 on everything. Snapchat, Guna 4 um, Follow me on Clubhouse, Instagram and Twitter, especially once again, Guna 4 Twitch, Guna 187 You know, like I said, everything's in the descriptions. Please make sure you're hitting the follow and like buttons and all of those things on the Apples and uh, on the Apple Musics, on the Spotify's and the rest of it, people. Do what you can to raise the engagement and them sort of things there but for now it's been a fantastic hour as i said i'm gonna get out of here and keep it moving people stay safe hope you all have a good day hope the next time we speak obviously it's more positive once again make a mental note friday we go again for the next edition of the deluded podcast as we obviously talk about all the new talking points in football preview the premier league action to come at the weekend and we'll obviously touch on the europa league and uh champions league action but for now i'm gonna love and leave you hopefully i've given you lots of content to you know that's been worthwhile it's been a fantastic hour with you guys people deluded i'm out thank you for listening and rocking with the guy